0: What's going on, guys? Today, Trophy Kids, we got an awesome episode for you. We were talking NBA playoffs, Marie Taylor's story, and what's going on there. Talking Big Ten schedule because we are a Big Ten podcast. Giving out our gambling cards, went 6 and 1 in college football last week. It's a good one, so let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is September 24th. Huge news, big news. Maybe the biggest news of the offseason Pac 12 has announced that they're coming back. Woo darkness is back, guys. Or whatever. What the fuck do they call it again? Is it It's dark. dark. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If we get Bill Walton to do one of their games.
2: Would love it. Love it. (laughs) The the funny part the funny part is is it'd be the exact same as him calling a basketball game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's fantastic. He called a baseball game, didn't he? Like, uh, did he call an MLB game? He called something that wasn't basketball related. And they were just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> 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 Who is this man on streams? Actually, nobody gives a damn about the Pac 12. Nobody cares if they're coming back. And the only good thing the Pac 12 is good for is late night, me chasing my losses. I got like Arizona versus, I don't know, Oregon on at midnight down two units three units whatever it is bad night or up a bunch and i've just blown it all because i'm drunk at that point and now i'm drunk gambling um that's about it it's not good for it. nobody else really cares you know the sign that nobody really cares is you texted me tim that they were back i immediately hopped on twitter and i saw nobody tweeting it
1: <laughs> <laughs> single tweet yet nothing so that's so <laughs> it's, funny because
2: It's the first big scoop that ESPN has ever broken and actually broken news on in a long time.
1: It's so funny because I did the same thing. And the first thing that I saw about it was the Pac-12 still uh, can make $4 million if they go to a New Year's Six Bowl. And I was like, that's the biggest story out of all this is they can still make $4 million.
0: (laughs) We're being honest, too. They're not lasting long. I mean, there's no way. Just the region they're in isn't suitable for football right now.
1: No, it's on no. It's literally on fire. Yeah, literally <laughs>
0: on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, nobody really cares about that. Let's talk about some real sports here. Yes, NBA yes. playoffs. We're going to start there, as we do, because it is some of the best basketball I've seen in a long time. We're going to start with the Lakers Nuggets, because almost immediately after last week, Dante, mm-hmm. we were giving Anthony Davis shit for not getting his ass on the block. And immediately he throws down a three-pointer to win a game at the buzzer, yells Kobe. And I immediately was just like, shit, that's not going to look good on our podcast. But then he was back to his own normal stuff.
1: Game. And I'll push back on that, Nate. That's exactly what I was talking about. He still shouldn't have been out there. He <laughs> should not have been there first. choice. Anthony Davis needs to be in the paint. And if you don't believe me, Look how much uh, the Nuggets out-rebound them and second-chance offense points in their loss the following, the day after that.
0: Oh, that's incredible. He
1: had two rebounds. Two. If I'm seven feet tall, I'm getting more than two rebounds. I
0: could not believe it because I was, like, loosely, I was doing some work, and I had it on the background, and I looked up in the fourth inning— I could. I was honestly. Oh, somebody's drunk in like the graphic department because that makes no sense. Yeah,
1: two rebounds. You know oh. why? Because he was dribbling at the fucking <laughs> three point <laughs> line, taking fadeaways. He thinks he's a
0: guard. He thinks he's a seven foot guard. Oh. Oh, absurd um
1: yeah. lebron almost single-handedly wheeled that team back into the game twice so the blame i know that a lot of pundits went out there and put the blame on lebron i am going to state right here in my professional non-professional opinion that that game they lost that game because of anthony davis
0: i agree with that 100 percent. why would you not agree with that it's two rebounds well,
1: yeah, people were saying that LeBron should have done more. This is when he should have dropped fifty. This is when he and I'm like, how much can you ask of this man?
0: No, get your superstar in Anthony Davis, who's seven feet tall and a natural center, to get down low and grind mm-hmm. it out. This yeah. isn't this isn't rocket science. We're not we're not reinventing the wheel here, people. Giant guy who's taller than almost everybody on the court with his wingspan should not be up with Rondo. Right next to him on the guard. play.
1: But... Now, on the other side of the court, Murray and the Joker were unbelievable.
0: That that you could just apply to the entire playoff series. <laughs> These two, I love the Joker so much. Um, and I love Jamal Murray. The two of them together. I said earlier in the playoffs, if Porzingis could get healthy, I could see like kind of like a Kobe Shaq dominance guard big man down low play. Uh, I think I might have to switch that take to being like the most dominant guard big man play we're going to see is in the Denver Nuggets for the next I don't know decade or so. I don't see how it's not. This is this is insane because you have two, you have an absolute killer in Jamal Murray, and you have the Joker who is selfless in his passing, likes to dish the ball, which is huge for a big man, and you literally can't defend him. He had a shot where Anthony Davis – I think Anthony Davis was on him. Maybe yep. it was no, it was was it McGee?
1: I know it? he hit a crazy one over Anthony Davis. Like he turned around, stepped, yeah. up, just threw it if, up.
0: If that <laughs> happened in your living room in two K, tr- controllers are getting broken. Yes. Like that, was just how absurd that shot was. I'm
1: going off camera here for a second, slash mic.
0: Drop my pen. But yeah,
1: insane. <laughs> um, I I mean, Nikola had ten rebounds. Like he's supposed to have Anthony Davis twenty two points i mean my spartan boy gary harris had seven points three assists um jamal murray had 28 points 12 assists like it 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 was an onslaught from the nuggets and they never they never stopped like they were that first quarter it was close the second quarter they began to pull back and then second half came they they just didn't look back the other thing with the Nuggets that is dangerous and I hate this when you're like you're a fan of good like uh college basketball is the the team that's having fun is always going to be better even if they're down by like 15. Mm-hmm. They're they can they can um you know stage a run. You could tell that the Lakers were not having fun at all. This is strictly business for LeBron and company. Whereas for the Nuggets if they lose, they still won this season.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, they're playing with house money at this point, yeah. which is the best money to play with. When you're playing with house money, everything's rolling free. You feel loose. You feel good. I mean, that's the whole thing, like, look good, play good, or look good, feel good, play good type of thing. That's where they're at with the Nuggets, which I don't know if they're going to – I don't know if they're going to – I haven't watched as much of this series as you have, so I'll, I'll leave this maybe to you, but I don't know if they have it because, like, in reality, it's just a light switch. <laughs> I understand they're fighting the king as my (laughs) chimes in from the other room. (laughs) Just dead-eye staring me. (laughs) I understand that. But unless Anthony Davis gets down on the block, I don't – which is – that's the light switch. Like, they can turn it on and off when he's like, all right, I'm just going to go down there and just manhandle everybody. I don't see a way the Nuggets win, but if they don't commit to that, I don't know. We might have ourselves a series.
1: Here's part of the problem. The only way that the Lakers can guarantee a win, now this is not the only way that they can win, but the only way they can guarantee a win is if both LeBron and AD score more than 25 points. That's still a lot to ask because in that first win, I believe LeBron only scored 15, but AD went off. So, yeah. But if you can slow either of them down, and to the Lakers' credit, the Lakers' defense has that way of Jamal Murray is not, at the production he was when he came, when they did the comeback for the Clippers and when they did the comeback for the Jazz. With that said, if they're distributing the ball the, as well as they are, Jamal Murray doesn't need to score 50, 44 every night.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, other series. Unless you have another point on, on
1: the Lakers. No. I just, you know, we're going to get off this podcast. I'm going to go watch the Lakers. I hope that they blow the. Nuggets out and again, I'm a Nuggets fan, but I want to I want to see the Lakers win.
0: <laughs> I agree. I want to see them in the I want to see them in the championship just in case my Celtics can pull it out. And even if they can't to play the Heat, because I think that will be just Jimmy Butler going up against LeBron and Anthony Davis. In yeah. my mind, it's just hilarious because you have a dude who is so like pissed off and wants to win and is nothing but business, but is having so much fun with it and has his team as a cohesive unit. Um, that it would look... I think it would be a good series, regardless of who goes out of the East. My East... First of all, Tim, would you like to talk... There there was a certain topic. We can bring it in there with Hayward here in a second, but I would like to say... one: We gave Doc Rivers... We sat here last weekend, and we talked about Doc Rivers being overrated, potentially, and giving him criticism, which he deserved, rightfully so, about the Clippers collapse. Brad Stevens, boy genius who I do like as my head coach of the Boston Celtics. And I, I do think he's generally good. But I have been told nonstop how great of a coach he is. And this man can't beat a zone. Like his brain has gone too mush. It's noodled inside when the Heat switched to a zone. The, the biggest problem that I can see for the Celtics Heat series right now, as far as why the Celtics – Are being terrible. One last night was just an effort thing. Like the effort wasn't there. In the fourth quarter, they stepped it up, but like effort wasn't there. Turnovers weren't there. But one of the biggest things I can attribute to is when they switch to the zone, Brad Stevens and the rest of the team, to their fault, maybe they should just override him here. They are such a team that, like, when they shoot the ball, they do not crash the boards and they retreat back to kind of play defense to eliminate fast breaks and quick points. That's just how their strategy goes. But when you're playing a zone Why would you not crash the boards in the NBA? It is so much harder to box out when you're not playing man-to-man. It's absurd to me. The amount of second-point chances we could have but don't have because we out-rebound by the Miami Heat is infuriating to watch. Also, I don't know why we keep doing this. This is also on Jimmy Butler last game. Kemba keeps switching on to him when they run the pick and roll. I don't know why Jimmy Butler doesn't take him to the house every time. I love Kemba. We talked about it earlier, but that's the biggest mismatch up in history. And he just like refu- now granted hero was going off, but the fact that he wasn't attacking the bucket, I was, I was, I was actively yelling at Jimmy Butler cause I was one so pissed at my Celtics and two, cause it made no sense not to attack the room when was on him. Those are my initial thoughts so far in this series. Sorry. That was a lot of kind of going off in different directions, but yeah, Brad Stevens is failing as a coach. Eric Spolstra deserves a ton of credit. Cause I feel like, he got kind of bagged on as like, oh, he didn't have to do anything when LeBron was there. He's a hell of a coach for what he's doing right now. Um, Brad Stevens has sucked. The team has lacked some effort. And I'm not having fun. <laughs> I don't know if that wraps, if that if that puts the series into it. But I did love when Gordon Hayward came back because he is the piece that was missing.
2: Yes, Gordon Hayward is huge. And I mean, uh, I do wonder why Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra doesn't get the credit that some of the other coaches in the NBA do, because he is incredible.
0: It, yeah, it's absurd. Like he got, he got the, sh- like when they had D Wade and LeBron and, um, Chris Bosh. Like, I think it was that whole idea. Like, Oh, he doesn't really have to do anything. He doesn't have coach. The team is just incredible. It's, it's the monsters out there essentially, mm-hmm. even though they lost that first series or that first year to Denver, um, or not Denver, Dallas. Sorry. um, <laughs> But even after LeBron, like, this is what he's done with the Heat in this run and getting to the point where they're up 3-1 against the Celtics, potentially going to go to the um, NBA Finals here and have a real shot at whoever comes out of the Western Conference is incredible to me. Like, he is, and he's made the adjustments in game. He's made the adjustments series to series. He's gotten his team in favorable matchups. He's getting the most out of his player. Like, the players are, are performing at an incredibly high level, and you could probably s- contribute some of that to Jimmy Butler and just the team itself and kind of their individual personalities fitting together but also that's part of just coaching in the nba is like getting like he is elevating that team's play um and it's incredible and he deserves more credit than what he's been getting and brad stevens deserves more criticism than he's been getting because this is absurd that the celtics are down three one when literally before last game i think i saw a stat they led 75 percent of the time in all games up until last night i don't understand this i'm not having fun <laughs> watching these games
2: well, can we give can we give Gordon Hayward a uh, player of the week for uh, missing the the birth of his firstborn son after finding out that his third kid was going to be a girl?
0: All time internet clip. If <laughs> oh, um, you don't know what we're talking about, all time internet clip. Um, is Daddy happy? Daddy's always happy, and his wife is just murder eyeballing him because of his expression finding out he's having a third daughter. Yeah, that was that I was have a. To watch movie. this. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so it's such a yeah. good clip. Um, yeah, that was a move for him to stay uh in the bubble and miss the birth of his child for a series in which we're probably gonna lose, unless we apply this Red Sox theory from 04, which is still one of my best memory. You gotta pull the Kevin Millar. Happy birthday, Kevin Millar. Um
1: Oh, that's what that tweet meant? I was looking at that and I was like, yeah. What is I, <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: it's kept a large rhythm, but I kind had of no idea what you were talking about
0: either. <laughs> yeah, the Red Sox, for those of you who don't know the clip because you're not just, like, obsessed with Red Sox baseball and baseball in general, um, the Red Sox were down to the Yankees 3-0 um, in the MLB, East, or MLB AL uh, conference finals, and they came back and won that series. And he took the approach of, like, hey, don't let us win today because if we win today, tomorrow we got Pedro pitching. Then we got Schilling. Then we got who knows what can happen in Game 7. Game 7, anything can happen. And that's sort of the approach Celtics have to take. It's like don't let us win the next game. Because if we win the next game, well, then we got a little momentum. And we got another game where we can do something. If we can get to a Game 7, really, you don't don't think about it as you got to win three games. You think about it, all right, we just got to get to Game 6. If we get to Game 6, we got Howard back. That's a little bit more like in Miami. That's just a little bit more doubt that creeps into their mind. And if you can get to a Game 7, anything can happen in Game 7. I mean, the Celtics have played better basketball for the majority of the series. It's just they've fallen apart in key,
1: key moments. Um, hypothetically, what's a better matchup for – and I guess it's not really hypothetically, but sure. Hypothetically, what's a better matchup for the La- for the Lakers to win? Is it to play the Celtics? I don't know. That's a good question. Probably. Like, well but, – But the Heat don't have the size. They have they got two players.
0: Damn's incredible though. He <laughs> yeah. get hurt. He get hurt. I didn't see the extent of his injury. Um The problem though with the Heat is they're a matchup nightmare from like a guard perspective. I mean, both yes. teams are sort of a matchup nightmare from the guard position, but the the heat more so because like the Celtics they've got depth, but like the Heat are so damn. I mean you just saw with I mean you got Dragic, you got butler you've got hero who just went off like you've got all these guys you've got um what's his face uh robinson like all these guys who can which also talk about a guy coming out of coming out of michigan who i was like there's no way this guy's gonna have like a good NBA career and he's playing really good basketball um Man, fit into that
1: system really well yeah mm-hmm.
0: did not see that coming. um i don't i think Every it's time
1: a, i see a smug face <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a I think either way it's a good matchup for the Lakers to be honest um, it's gonna be hard sorry the the Thursday night game just popped on and caught my eye because the Jags are in their teal uniforms um I did bet Jags today unfortunately and the over um we'll see how that goes but yeah it's I think it's a good matchup regardless of who comes out of these but I think the the heat are a little bit more dangerous because they just have this weird feisty ferocious nature
1: to them that the and Celtics the, don't have the right zone now. that uh, yeah, what? the Lakers also had an issue with but then turned around and implemented the zone yeah. which I think when they asked um the coach that he said it wasn't a zone it's just what they were how they were moving but I was how, like this looks like a zone How happy do you think Jim Beeline is seeing his <laughs> seeing his <zone laughs> blend into the NBA <laughs> right now Well cuz it was you couldn't run a zone until like the really? late 90s right or something <laughs> like that yeah, and even so, like, I
2: don't know. The There's zone still team? defensive three seconds in the key. Like, it's tough to do when you can't just camp out in the key like that.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: that's another part of it. And, like, you know, NBA athletes are just far superior
1: to athletes. College. college athletes and more skilled. So, theoretically, like, they should be able to beat the zone pretty easily. And like, I mean, if you got a seven-footer like Anthony Davis, you could just <laughs> stand there and catch the ball in the middle mm-hmm. of the zone. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I have nightmares about Syracuse and that zone. And the second weekend, I I cannot. Stop that.
2: Stop that. Stop that.
0: Yeah. Um, All right. Moving on. Staying with the NBA real quick before we move into college football and NFL. There was a story. Maria Taylor is in... Some hot water for the right reason, and then has been able to deflect a lot of things for the wrong reason. So if you aren't caught up with the story, this all started, Maria Taylor has a vote, at least from what I can pinpoint this to, and where we're going here. Maria Taylor has a vote when it comes to all NBA teams. She did not vote Anthony Davis on any of her ballots. What kicked off this series is Doug Gottlieb tweeted out, I don't the tweet that he quote tweeted is unavailable anymore, but... The thing that I saw got kicked off. Doug Gottlieb tweeted, why does Maria Taylor have a vote? Real question. She's a studio host slash sideline reporter in her first year covering the NBA. She works a ton, not just on the league. No reason for her to have a vote. So that was the first tweet I saw in in regards to this, which then got some backfire. Then Jason Whitlock came from the clouds with one of the worst takes I've ever seen.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He wrote an article which I ended up reading. I hate to give him the views, but I was like, I have to read this after the tweet. But the tweet read to...
1: to it's your journalistic uh, integrity right there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the tweet read, to kind of highlight his article, Beauty has a privilege that trumps other privileges. Beauty transformed Katie Nolan from bartender to seven-figure personality and the darling, arous- the darling of aroused bloggers and TV critics willing to ignore her pedestrian humor and inability to execute live television. That was in... That was promoting an article about, quote, or titled, Marie Taylor can continue as the unicorn if she involves nailing herself. Sorry, the that's a bad time for me to pause. But the, my computer all of a sudden decided to just stop here. Uh, working. <laughs> We're going to cut this. Uh, avoid nailing herself to the same cross as Michelle uh, Beale, Beale and Jamel Hill. And in that article, he then goes on to talk about how Taylor got her position because she is tall, literally in the second sentence of this. Taylor is tall, attractive, and quite er, personable on television. Her career as a collegiate volleyball player and basketball player at Georgia adds to her credibility as a sideline host, but then goes to on and says, but let's not kid ourselves. At 33-year-old, Taylor would not be the host of NBA Countdown, nor would she vote on the league's most prestigious award if she were short, unattractive, and grumpy and then he goes on to talk about beauty and how beauty is a privilege that trumps all others and basically equating maria taylor's success to her beauty and privilege instead of her ability to work her ass off and be super talented i'm gonna let you all take this first and then i'm gonna wrap it up with my thoughts or we'll have a little back and forth but so
1: the the writer who started this was harrison fagan I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's the person. He's a Lakers writer. And that's when we had Doug come in with his quote his quote tweet. Um, so there's that. And I I don't know how tall Jason Whitlock is, but that line applies to him. You know, if we're talking <laughs> about beauty standards, he's not that attractive, if I if I do say so myself. And he gets to uh run his mouth about sports, you know, and what makes him any more qualified than Maria Taylor? Nothing, absolutely nothing. You know, there's also this aspect of, and I hate to go here, but I, I'm going to go here uh, because I do look like both of these uh, writers. I cannot stand when you feel the need to take down someone in your own community because now you're going to allow other people to pile on top of them. But secondly, l- let's just look at the sexism of it why bring her looks into this at all? What did her looks have to do with her voting on that ballot? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. So for him to even say that her beauty got her, but even if her beauty did get her the position, which I am not even going to speculate on, does is it taking food out of Jason Whitlock's mouth? I, last time I checked, he was still on TV. He's still yeah. writing terrible have pieces. Have you seen him? <laughs> right so so it doesn't matter did it does he want a vote that bad we'll do the work and get the vote
0: yeah i so i had and he then tweeted some more stuff and has made the point about and some other people piled on and i i'm not gonna lie there especially when i was younger growing up like i think we've all maybe not we all but i think we all have thought at points there have been women reporters that you look, uh, you look at and you initially went, oh, she probably got that job because she's beautiful. But there are some people who are not. And then I have thought that before. And then I immediately almost followed that up with, who gives a fuck? You know how many dudes have gotten jobs that they're not qualified and have no skill because of the connection their dad had or some bullshit networking thing? Like, who gives a fuck if they use their beauty to get a job and then work their ass off to climb the ladder? Like, who cares? Like, I... I have definitely thought that about someone – and some women reporters, just like some men reporters, are terrible at their jobs. That's just the world – the way the world works. But to come after Maria Taylor for making a god-honest mistake – and she even said, I just forgot about Anthony Davis. She made a mistake but when a woman like her in her position makes a mistake she doesn't know sports or she's there because she's beautiful instead of her working her ass off from the, literally getting a job as a I remember her being a sideline reporter on college football and in the NBA and getting to this position and she's super talented i've never thought to myself that girl is not talented like i've never thought that she's a natural on the air and she's constantly on the television which to me shows that she's constantly working and grinding same thing with Kano maybe you don't like her humor maybe you think she she got an advantage because she's considered like cute, which I would agree with, but she, I used to see her on my television and on social media all the time, like always constantly working. So to me, it was just such like an, an unnecessary comment. It's one thing to criticize her for making a mistake, which clay traps and Jason Whitlock and guys like Doug Gottlieb have made thousands of them. They say dumb stuff on the regular it's okay to criticize, I think, to be like, that was terrible. Why would you not include him? It's another thing to say that she's in her position in part due to her looks, which is absurd, at least from my point of view.
1: Well, and also, too, she's on TV, you know, especially now, night after night, right? Yeah. And so if she was that bad at her job and she was only there for looks— i don't think they would keep her on tv no there's, there's no plenty way of good no. girls <laughs> no. that
0: want that job i'm sure i am sure of it but she is incredibly talented and incredibly hardworking, and knows her stuff too like it's not like she doesn't know the game and doesn't she made a god honest mistake like criticize her for the mistake but this idea that she's getting it because of her beauty and then she was criticized there was another shock jockey he was talking about her outfit the other day
1: what, the, oh, what are we doing That was ridiculous. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about when, you know, people start piling on. You you open a name like Jason Whitlock, as much as I don't want to give him credit, like once you open that door, then smaller reporters are going to come in and, and, you know, start to criticize and criticize and criticize. And you don't know what that, not saying that this will do anything to her mental health, but I'm sure it is hard to be a woman in that world. I'm sure it's hard to be a woman of color in that world. And now I got to deal with this, someone saying I'm too pretty to have this job and I don't know what I'm talking about after I've worked. Again, as he pointed out, I was a college athlete in two sports. So I at least have that, at the very least. So, yeah, this is ridiculous.
2: And I mean, even if you look at her ballot, too, like, if you just look at the ballot, it's literally an argument of Bam Adebayo versus Anthony Davis. Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, he could have made third team, he could have made second team, and he could have made first team, but Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid are on there too. And, I mean, who who really knows if you have an argument to be above Embiid. You probably do. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still looking at a very, I mean, a full, a, a full ballot that it's just really Anthony Davis deserved to be on there. It's not like she
1: missed a bunch of other players. Yeah. Also, Anthony Davis still made first team, right? Yeah, or, I sorry. think
0: so. Well, her I don't her wouldn't have changed that just the one yeah yeah right so right it, yeah and she came out and said it was an honest mistake and this is even coming at a time where we're about to get to the NBA finals and Doris Burke is about to break history and be the first woman to call the NBA finals and I've already seen some shit people coming out of Doris Burke as a woman Doris Burke and the same thing with Mary Taylor Doris Doris Burke way more so though is one of the smartest basketball brains I've ever heard talk about the game. When she calls the game, it is at an insanely high level, and I enjoy the hell out of it. Um, So I don't want to see you all going after Doris Burke. Doris Burke earned her way, just like these other women did too, by the way, Uh, but really just grinded her way. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring that to the attention. Also, every time I hear Jason Whitlock make something stupid, I just think back to LeVar Ball, who said one good thing in probably his entire time on television, and it was how we should apply or uh, think of Jason Whitlock.
1: Like I said, and going back to Whitlock, I don't think he can comment on anything but snacks.
0: And that is about the only way I'm treating Jason Whitlock the comments. If you haven't heard it, that is where I'm at on that. <laughs> it was the one good thing he said on national television when he was addressing Jason Whitlock. <laughs> I don't want to move on before everybody has had their chance to say anything else, but we all, we good there. You got anything else you'd like to add on to this? Because it was, I just could not believe it. Like, it was absurd to see. Um, not surprising, though, because they we women have to deal with this shit all the time. And it's always in the context of like they make if there's a mistake made, it is always they don't know what they're talking about because they're a woman instead of it's just a God honest mistake, which literally every media I've made them, we've all made them clay travis has jason whitlock has all these idiots have made huge mistakes doug Gottlieb was stealing credit cards in college like this dude has nothing to offer to the table right now <laughs> but he is terrible I, he's made mistakes
1: in his life but, i am a frequent guest on a sports podcast podcast i know nothing about sports <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't sell yourself short that's not true oh, all right let's move on i just wanted to get that out of the way i felt like we should address it um Tim, I feel like as part of your grieving process
2: oh God. being a Detroit I Lion. we are doing student,
0: this. We can just skip this having, segment. <laughs> yeah, and having to constantly deal with wearing that line on your chest. I would like to offer you this weekly segment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We don't have a real name for it. I just have it as, I don't know, Tim Rance, Tim Sad, mm-hmm.
2: I think this week is Tim's Tim life sad. is
0: going in the wrong direction. When so <laughs> th-
2: th- this week is definitely Tim sad because <laughs> I know where this is going. I know where this season's headed and I knew where this game was headed before they were losing. When Stafford threw that pick six, I have never audibly laughed out loud at my TV during a Lions game while they were winning as loud as I did in that moment. I knew it was over, and I knew the season was over, and I knew probably next season was over, and probably the season after that. Because not only do I not have any faith in Bob Quinn, I don't even care about Matt Patricia because he doesn't even matter. He's not even on my radar at this point. It starts from the top down. The players that these guys have on this defense – is laughable they pick people because they think that they are the smartest people in the room this is both bob quinn and matt patricia and that's why i don't have as big of a problem with matt patricia as i do with bob quinn but they think they can fit these guys in these specific holes that are less talented will harris and they bench players like tracy walker who are much better than them these are their two
1: about this is my little sister text me and she was like are you watching a lions game and so i text her back my little spiel about only catching certain nfl games or whatever and she was like but the lions are winning and i text her back hold on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just give it
0: until the fourth <sighs> it's gonna come crashing down if it hasn't by then uh, um yeah good gracious. times well yeah, there we
2: go great times
0: <laughs> other nfl news this was i gotta say this was the shot one of the most shocking things i've ever seen the alert that came across my phone. So Sunday, we get the news right before kickoff. Tyrod Taylor is not going to play, chest pains, having trouble breathing. I was like, what the hell? Like, does he have COVID? Like, are his lungs collapsing? What's going on? Like, is he having a heart attack? What's right. happening out here? Justin Herbert's thrown into the mix, performs well. Comes out. Nope. Tyrod Taylor's a cracked rib. He got an injection for that. And the doctor punctured his lung. He had to go to the hospital on all the list of things that were going to come out of that story. That was not what I saw coming.
1: No. This is this is heartbreaking for Tyrod Taylor uh, because you have the backup, which really wasn't the backup quarterback. but the backup for all intents and purposes for this argument come in and for an injury that was not your fault, you're probably not playing another snap.
2: Not even Not even close to your fault. Like, you no. just got your lung punctured. Yeah, on a procedure which I was,
0: um, I got promoted a, or on YouTube or something. Yeah, it was YouTube. The algorithm pushed through a Pat McAfee segment. He was talking about this because this is actually apparently like he was texting a lot of his buddies. He's a former NFL player. He was saying how this actually isn't that uncommon of a procedure they do. It's like a less than one percent chance they puncture your lung like literally like everybody he was texting from his old nfl like buddies in the day was like so they do this close to game time because i guess the type of shot they give only lasts for about four hours but it does like completely numb you like you can't feel like anything in the area that they do it in and they usually do it for like ribs and he was like it's they were saying because he he had never had it but the guys he was texting and talking they're like the doctors usually telling you like here are the potential side effects and they're like one of them is they could potentially puncture your lung, but they're like, it's less than like a 1% chance we do that. And this doctor, like, did Justin Herbert slip him a crisp 100? Like, what what, what was going on here? I don't well, know.
1: The craziest thing about this is the people saying, like, he's he has a winning record and he's our starting quarterback and we imagine that he will start again. No, who are you lying to? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i was Tyrod. I was so surprised. It was like it was like, why is why is the Charger's head coach going out there and defending Tyrod Taylor so vehemently about him still being their starting quarterback? Like did was he at the game that we just all watched? Like yeah. Justin yeah. Herbert just played his ass off and he's your rookie QB. and like he's your quarterback bad. of the future,
0: which i I do feel bad for Tyrod. Cause it's also one of those situations where like everybody knows Tyrod is not the future of that franchise. He's not like at some point he was going to be benched. Cause at some point you're going to play your first round quarterback that you're making an investment in, but this is all time for him to get more. And he has a lot of game tape from his time in Buffalo and stuff, but it's just more time to get more film to go get the next job um, or get paid more money to be backup. Cause as we've seen with some teams, they're willing to pay a premium to have good backup quarterbacks, which obviously Tyrod doesn't want to do, but like, from a financial standpoint like if you can get paid well to be a backup quarterback some of these franchises will pay a premium for you because of ha- where they are and their window of opportunity will go in a Super Bowl and if one of th- if their starting quarterback falls they don't want to lose out on that window of opportunity so some of these franchises you are seeing go out and pay guys
1: good money to be backups um, yeah. with the potential to start again the the other thing about the head coach is not only was he defending Tyron Taylor but he also was defending the doctor I just (laughs) laughed at these reports, and I was just like, he was like, we know he didn't do it on purpose. Who said that? Who said he was doing it on purpose? Why are you even bringing this up? Here's one of
0: the biggest things as an adult I've learned is there are a lot of people just bad at their jobs. Yeah. But one thing I learned is NFL teams don't necessarily hire the best doctors in their cities, which is still astonishing to me that, like, NFL players don't have
1: the greatest care, essentially, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like college players get better care yeah. a lot of oh, oftentimes yeah. than the NFL players, um, and I guess it's because um, oftentimes with NFL owners, like you're trying to cut corners and save money anywhere you can, even though you're a billionaire, right? The other the other uh, caveat to that uh, that tweet that you read is like, now does Tyrod T- Taylor also have well, a suit?
0: I was astonished by that. Um, But yeah, it's crazy for Tyrod. I don't.
1: I feel bad for Tyrod Taylor.
0: I do too. I like Tyrod. Everybody likes Tyrod. I haven't heard Uh, one person say a bad thing about Um, Tyrod. He seems like a super good dude. So I hope he, I hope he lands his feet. I hope he gets another shot because he did some good things with the Bills before they drafted Josh Allen.
1: You made me think, you said premium on backup quarterbacks. And again, I'm not watching a lot of NFL games, but how long until we see uh, Jameis Winston out there? Because, oh, Breeze's arm is
0: scared. Yeah, I said exactly Drew Brees. one, people were giving me – they were chirping me, oh chirping it, goodness. chirping the Bucks, chirping Tom like he's over the hill. Did you watch
1: Drew Breeze? I said it after yes. a week ago. I don't know if he can throw 40 yards. No. 40? <laughs> yeah. Try a no. 15-yard throw.
0: He's lucky the Saints are a good football team overall, and they can sort of mask some of this. But as soon as you watch a full game, you're like, oh, Father Time has arrived in New Orleans. Like it's. They had,
2: a, they had a minute left, and he was throwing the ball down the middle, five yards down the middle. Screen plays, like he couldn't even throw it to the sideline.
1: Yeah. So soon, right? The answer to that question is soon. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, probably. Uh, you would. I hope mean, so. they might give Taysom Hill a shot because they paid him twenty-one million dollars. But he, I, I consider Taysom Hill an overhyped Tebow. Like, if Tebow had end up in New Orleans, he'd be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jameis Winston will find some playing time. Probably not this year because I don't I don't think you could Drew Brees is essentially a god in New Orleans um, But which, yeah, it's, it's
1: you no know, sense as to why he is playing this year shouldn't he re- have retired?
0: Yes. 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 You,
1: you you are set. I'm sure yes. Drew Brees can do no wrong on Bourbon Street, right? No. No. So he should he could have bowed no. out gracefully. Now you're going to go out with a, a giant like well his last year was terrible.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think part of it was because they've been positioned, and they are—they are a good—they are a very good football team, all around. Like all in all, they are very good. I think part of that played in is that idea of like, oh, I can go get another Super Bowl because this team is Super Bowl. Like, if the quarterback position's right, they are—they have a shot at the Super Bowl. Um, but he ain't—he ain't right right now. That arm—that arm is not going to get better as games no. go on. Like, no. Yeah, it's rough. Um, college football. Let's get into this, because at this point, we're just a Big Ten podcast. That's that's where I'm at. We're we're just we're just gonna say we're the we're the Big Ten podcast. We're gonna declare. We're gonna plant our flag there. I'm gonna become a Big Ten. I'm a Notre Dame whisperer right now. I don't know if you've heard this, guys, but I am a Notre Dame whisper. I'm five and zero oh in bets involving okay. Notre Dame. Um, Did you predict I know the that, COVID? I know cancer? that's better than priest <laughs> um over at Notre Dame I I know that team I have locked in all right that that team I am dialed in on red hot um I'm I'm sad they're not playing this week because of COVID because that's just been a that's been a money printer for me um but I gotta learn Big Ten football I I know Big Ten football but I want to really know the the nooks and crannies of it because the Big Ten did one of the greatest moves I've ever seen in my entire life Nebraska was a big old pain in their ass. And they said, you know what, Nebraska? That's cool. Here are your two crossover games. We're going to give you Penn State and Ohio State. Have fun. Have Tell me again fun. how you want to be.
1: America, if you, if there's another host out there that's an SEC person or whatever, we'll gladly have you on the podcast. I don't have the power to do that, but I'm throwing it out there.
0: <laughs> Glad, gladly have you on. Ugh, could not believe that. Where are we at? Give me your thoughts on the Big Ten. I just I, – I almost spit out my water when I saw that schedule that they had. <laughs> they said – they opened the season against Ohio State, and then what's it? They play Wisconsin right after that. So two just losses. Those are L's. Then Northwestern, then Penn State.
1: And it looks like Um, Lombardi is going to be our quarterback. I've
2: seen that. I've started to figure out how to come to grips with it, and I don't know how to. (laughs) I haven't come up with a good answer for myself yet.
1: Uh, And now it's time for our Minnesota segment, which I don't know anything about Minnesota, so...
0: I just expect them to play decent football like but then it's the state of Minnesota so we can expect them not to do anything because Minnesota doesn't do anything with any of their sports teams Um, I think they'll they'll beat Maryland probably beat Illinois they'll they'll catch a game here it'll either be Iowa or Wisconsin
1: Minnesota is the team though like if they beat Michigan then they control everything
0: yeah I was gonna say they'll that, it is tough to get out the gate like that. But honestly, that might be – to get that game out of the way might be to their advantage because, like, if hardball and those boys start off slow, which they have been known to do, like, that – I would rather play Michigan first than, like, in the middle of the season or towards the end once they've had time to figure some things out.
2: And they're um, starting
0: with a brand-new quarterback at Michigan. Yeah, so is Minnesota, though, isn't it? Aren't they?
1: Now, I would much rather them – I'd rather Michigan win. Obviously, I don't want Michigan to win any games, but i would much rather them win against Minnesota so that they're not l- hunting for a win when they come <laughs> <in>. <laughs> if, if we play the Spartans when they play the Spartans next. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the one
2: thing that Michigan State has going for them is that that we finally have an offensive line that's coming back somewhat healthy. Like and we actually have a real offensive line coach, which we haven't had like they actually put on weight this That'll year. Be they actually got bigger. They actually got yes. stronger. They didn't slim down for some odd reason. They didn't go from two eighty five to two seventy five on the offensive line. So
1: do we? I mean, I'm assuming we're still going to run a pro style offense, but do we know uh, what that up front line is going to look like? We know What, what I mean, who coming. really
2: knows? Too. I mean, yeah. you got you. I mean, you're gonna have to get creative with Rocky Lombardi as your quarterback. So who knows? I mean, what that offense is going to look like you can speculate because you have to create something around rocky if he is indeed your quarterback but
1: whatever happened remember Spartan stadium would go we want terry whatever happened to terry
2: he transferred somewhere for one year and that was it he was just – he just – no, didn't he stay and he finished out? Because he got bit by the injury bug real bad. So, like, he got injured every single year going into camp or in camp and then couldn't throw the ball he very accurately. The, yeah,
1: he could not throw accurately at all.
2: No, they wouldn't they were. oh, god, <laughs> Bringing me back to my, yeah. <laughs> my sad days when, the they, one were, of the when they were rotating uh, Damian Terry and Tyler O'Connor. Yes. <laughs> I the worst it, was I... a hell... it did send us to the college football playoffs But <laughs> Rotating Damian Terry and Tyler. One of
1: the worst games I ever watched We played Youngstown State And we won that game I want to say like By two touchdowns But it was a close game until the fourth quarter And I was like We are losing to a team Whose mascot is a penguin <laughs>
2: <laughs> It
0: happens it happens. Um Any other thoughts on the Big Ten before we wrap this bad
1: boy? Uh, You know, uh, we can't. We did all this talk about these teams that don't matter in the Big Ten, like Michigan State, who frankly won't matter this year. Penn State, who has been looking to be that perennial team to be talked about with Ohio State and with Michigan, although Michigan undeservedly. And we just did the same thing to them. We forgot about Penn State, other than talking about them being opponents to other, being good opponents to other people, but not about like the pedigree of the program and what they're expected to do. And frankly, it's because Penn State hasn't done, like Michigan, a lot of times hasn't done anything. They we, yeah. we get this hype up about them and they have all the pieces, but they seem to not be able to fit them together and in, in, uh, stay at State College. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I haven't done too much into them. I'll Once these games start getting going here, um, the gambling part of me will kick in, and I'll start doing a lot more research into them. But I always just assume Penn State's going to be like a tough out. They're going to play Ohio State really close, but then they're going to somehow find a way to screw it up in the end. And I think that's going to be the story here, because literally they are getting – the Ohio State game is second for them. If they win that game, there is literally – the rest of the season is in their hands for making the playoffs because they then have Maryland, Nebraska, Iowa, Michigan, Rutgers, Spartans. So, like, if they get out of that Ohio State game, it's big. I guess you could say this is the story for all the top contenders in the Big Ten. It's boom or bust early in the season because most of these schools, with the exception of Ohio – well, no, because they have Penn State. It's the same as Ohio State. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, it's literally the same, the same with all
0: these schools. In the first so, like week or two, it's boom or bust for them. Except Wisconsin.
2: Except yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin well, yeah, 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 gets yeah. to do what they and always I
0: mean, do. <laughs> I guess you could make the argument, too. But because some of, the, so many of these te- some of the top teams have a lot of the big games early, Like unless they really like – which is possible in the Big Ten because so many of these teams I feel like lay stinkers at some point. Um, they're really in the control of their own hands once they kind of get through that tough game, that tough out in week one or two.
1: Yeah, your are Michigan's, Ohio State, Penn State. You can get through your your tough games first, you, your setup. Now, the season could come down to, and I could see it, and this would be the way that the football guys would want. The season could come down to that last game, that Michigan-Ohio State game. Michigan's got a tough schedule, though. Like,
0: Michigan, when you look at that schedule, they got Minnesota to start. They got you guys, Sparty's second. Then they got Indiana, but then they got
1: Wisconsin. Wisconsin.
0: Yeah ruckus is easy penn state maryland then ohio state it's like every other week from wisconsin on is a tough that's a tough game for them like matchup wise mm-hmm. like they don't those yeah. are teams they typically are like
1: oh they're easily gonna brush through like, no, yeah it's tough off the and they have a new offense too yeah. yeah you know that's, and, a, that's another thing how many people I, does wisconsin have a new o- offense this year
2: i doubt it it's wisconsin
1: um, no, yeah. quarterback even the
2: same. <laughs> that's yeah. like asking if their basketball teams running a different offense. or different sure. Yeah, the quarterbacks
0: same. Yeah. yeah,
2: this is what Wisconsin's
0: going to do. They're going to line up some really yeah. good linemen. They're going to hand the ball off twenty Big to thirty times. Six, eight,
2: three hundred twenty-five yeah. pound farm strong white boys yeah. lining yeah. up on there. You're going to ask the quarterback line.
0: who actually wasn't that bad to throw the ball like maybe 15 to 20 times. And then their defense is just going to pit, try to pitch shutouts like that Mm -hmm. until they play a team that spreads them out. And is just, yeah absurd scoring wise and they can't keep up scoring wise and they run looking like, at
1: their schedule i don't see unless michigan is going to run a spread offense i can't see a team that's going to do that and i doubt that michigan will run a spread yeah, offense because why cause they why, don't have they're not
0: playing ohio state in there that's that's the biggest problem yeah. which is why wisconsin once again is going to end up on that side of the bracket as the top at least i think as the top team playing ohio state or penn state or whoever the hell comes out of the other side um but yeah wisconsin's most elaborate plays
1: to play action like
0: that's <laughs> That's a that that's <laughs> getting crazy now over in Wisconsin with the play action. I don't expect them to do a whole lot more. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm kind of
1: upset that we're not playing Wisconsin.
0: They're a tough out though. I mean they're they're always good. They're the they're they're the um what do I say? They're the most consistently
2: average, average team, of... team in all of collegiate sports. Like Wisconsin though, no, they're are consistently the above average. Yeah, they're, they're consistently above average.
0: Yeah, sorry, like they're. But they give you the same thing every year. They give you like a 10 and 2 or whatever and they go to the Rose Bowl or the basketball team is like somewhat com- like not somewhat very competitive. Is going to like a fi- has a chance at the final four, like but they're never going to win anything. <laughs> like
1: I would agree. Basketball team always has one dirty player every year. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> never changes.
1: Never changes. Or you just right. be can have all dirty players.
2: <laughs>
0: Let's get to the game point real quick. I got a card. Oh, yes. Do you have a card?
1: um
2: i can come up with something
0: all right well i'm just gonna talk some games here and i'm gonna let you know one i almost had a perfect weekend six and one in college football last week like i said notre dame whisper now we aim small we miss small last week and that was the model aim small miss small we missed very small this weekend the board is wide open i'm gonna have more picks giving out on the twitter account can we all talk about miami real quick i know they're a later game in louisville actually let's talk louisville Pitt real quick louisville Pitt, minus three over under 55 and a half. louisville looked at miami and said man that offensive line doesn't pick up blitz as well let's just drop into coverage and rush three the entire game and have deandre king or DeAndre king sorry dare king um just pick us apart who also king is the only quarterback outside of trevor lawrence who hasn't had a turnover this year um so far <laughs> I don't like Louisville anymore. I like Pitt. They're physical. I like the minus three. I also, eh, I'm not touching the over-under on that one, but I like Pitt minus three there.
2: I don't know how I feel about that because Pitt always does stuff like that. It's classic Narduzzi. He, he plays tough teams, tough, and then when they're kind of supposed to win, he there, there's always one game that he seems like he shits the bed in, and this kind of feels like it could be this one for me. I don't know how I feel, though, still. This is kind of a this is kind of one that I don't necessarily want to touch, but I am very interested in watching.
0: I'm taking Pitt minus throughout this. Louisville is the same team they are every year. They don't play very good defense, and their offense has flashes at times, but like, isn't good enough to really do anything noise wise. I like I like Pitt here, in a close game. I I don't hate that. You know a game I love though. I've got two bets on this. Actually, there's one game that I really love down the card. Kentucky-Auburn, Bo Nix might be the most overrated quarterback in the history of overrated college quarterbacks. He had (laughs) the one good game against Alabama his freshman year, and they basically put him in the Hall of Fame down at Auburn. He was terribly inconsistent last year. Kentucky returning all – or not all. They're returning four offensive linemen. They had the fourth-best rushing attack last year. They're bringing back their running back. Quarterback Wilson's back. His knee's apparently good. He's at full strength. I like the under at 49 and a half. I also like Kentucky plus seven and a half here. I think Auburn probably wins this game, but I think it's like a last minute field goal.
2: I like both of those. Actually, I like both of those as well for the exact same stats that you rattled off. I think Auburn could be a little overrated. And yes, Bo Nix, just because he started as a freshman doesn't mean he's any good.
0: No, he's trash. He's terrible. He's <laughs> overrated because his dad played or whatever. Like they run the the montage every other game because all or the SEC is all about like fucking history and stuff. <laughs> Conference. It just means more. Okay, shut up. Like we all don't love football in every other in every part of this country. Um, but yeah, like I like UK here minus minus plus seven and a half over under.
1: Well, also too with this game, like if Auburn wins this game handedly, then they're going to take that swagger and keep going, keep moving forward. But if they win this game by like a field goal or something, that might be the end of their season. <laughs> <laughs> I could, yes, I agree. They, mm-hmm. they are that would fold.
0: I will. That's actually a good point. I'm hard on Bo Nix right now, but Bo Nix is very much a momentum yes. guy. When the yes. momentum's going, he does. I that is. It's a fair point. I'm still sticking all my other points for this game, but I agree. This is a watch game. That's a very good point, actually. I like that. I'm marking that down. Auburn is a watch team because if they can get some momentum, but I don't think they will. I think Kentucky will play good defense. I think they'll run the ball a ton. I think it'll be low scoring, and seven feels like a lot for Auburn to cover early, but I don't disagree that they might be a team that makes some noise later down the road here.
2: I don't hate that. And, Nate, moving on to the next game. Do you want to talk about our one of our old bailout teams? Is this on your card at all? Syracuse? Is, is Georgia Tech getting a little too much hype?
1: Oh,
0: 100%. But Syracuse, <laughs> okay. I'll, where would you like to go? I have some. Okay. Why don't you just go head first? I, well, I have lots of thoughts. This is absolutely on my card, Tim.
2: Because I kind of like Syracuse here at plus eight right now. I think Georgia Tech's a little overrated now for getting there um for for finally breaking the triple option trend and going this way and syracuse i uh, i mean they've been covering so here's
0: the here's the problem with syracuse i i love the under here at 52 and a half syracuse offensively though is a train wreck they can't run the ball and they got one guy number three wide receiver uh tosh harris But if I'm not mistaken, didn't DeVito go out last game?
2: Yes, he got – I was just scrolling through Twitter to confirm that he went out. And there were talks to start Rex Culpepper over DeVito before he got knocked out.
0: I'm much more comfortable with the under. I haven't made up my mind. It's the pick I'm going to give day of gut pick. I've already marked it for my gut pick because I haven't finally made up my mind, but I do not disagree. I love, love, love. Syracuse has been my go- to pick. When I need a pick to rally and I put my my mind to it, they get on the same schedule and we win some money together. Well, we don't win some money together. Um I win money. They do not. <laughs> but I agree. Like they just, but the problem is like I've watched them. They can't run the ball. And then their pass game suffers because they can't run the ball. But I do like uh, Dino Babbers as the head coach. Like, I love him as their head coach. I think he's a good, good, for what Syracuse football is, he gets the most out of what you can get out of Syracuse football. Um, I would love to see what he could do with like an actual program, like a good college football program, because um, mm-hmm. I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, but yeah, I, I'm still mulling over the spread here on this one.
2: I just went down and I looked at the line and I saw Georgia tech being an eight point favorite. Like
0: it does feel like a
2: lot. I, that's that seems a little odd to me.
1: Yeah. Just
2: didn't sit right with me.
1: I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, so take the money lot now. <laughs> whoa,
0: whoa, 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 <laughs> Not whoa, that at all.
2: Responsibly.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. Responsibly. I'm taking the under here. I think this is a big under, um, Maybe not a big under, but I think it's an under. Fifty-two and a half feels like a lot for these two teams, who do not aren't like offensive powerhouses right now, and are much more reliant on their defenses. Um, what was the? Oh, you know a game I absolutely love more than any game on this card: Bama versus Missouri. They are. I have three. I have this game bet three ways. Actually, I think I have this game. Oh no, I only have it three ways right now. I have Alabama twenty plus or minus twenty-eight and a half taking that first quarter minus seven taking that first half minus 16 and a half taking that as well that is my lock of the week oh, first boy. half 16 and a half alabama missouri is missing seven players they haven't announced what seven players are out due to COVID. Sh- they haven't named a quarterback yet alabama is returning harris at running back they're returning um i can't think of the wide receiver's name they got Mac Jones, a quarterback who has seen experience, who has some experience playing, he's been in games. Nick Saban always loves to come out of the shoot super hot and just like kill a team's will to live. Um, and Missouri is just a train wreck. They've had a bunch of players opt out. Like it's not good. Love love first half 16 and a half. I even like them plus 8 or plus so, 1 or minus 28 and a half.
2: I know we're talking gambling right now, but is the SEC just going to power through this season and just whoever has COVID sits on the sideline and still probably travels with the team because they're the SEC?
0: I I can almost guarantee it because I know Ed Ogeron has said something along these lines. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee most of those players have already had it in the SEC. And they are going with the herd immunity.
1: <laughs> like, they're just like, nah, we got herd immunity. It's cool. Yeah, but didn't some – didn't a player just come down with COVID and now has pneumonia and, like, their father is, like, making a plea?
2: No. Uh, well, I don't know. I didn't mean to say no. I said I didn't – <laughs> No, no, no.
1: <laughs> no, no you're not. wrong, Donda. <laughs> I have not Yo. heard that, but
0: it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, and I, I believe he's an SEC player, but I could be wrong. Um. I think the herd immunity, I know we're talking betting, but like that herd immunity thing, like, do you realize how many people you need for a herd immunity? It's not a football team.
0: Yeah, Oh, <laughs> so, so many. And the other thing is like with this, on that theory, like we're, we're assuming this plays by the normal rules of a virus in which you get an immunity for a certain period of time. But we have no idea how long that period of time is so if you caught it in June and it's a three-month thing where your body can fight it off, that doesn't mean you're not going to get it by the end of the season. Like it's just so stupid to apply by those rules. I'm um, not saying they're all doing it. I want to say I heard like Ed say like a bunch of their players has gotten it and stuff. They didn't disclose how many though because that's the other thing. The SEC isn't disclosed that. I don't think they're making their teams disclose how many players have had it and who's had it. That's why we don't know on Missouri who's had it because like we know t- seven players have tested positive but we don't know who those seven players are and that's only because they're not traveling with or they're not um on the roster for game day that's crazy yeah it's absurdity Uh, but i have that game that three ways okay speaking of COVID, it's a good trend i don't know if you have a bet on that game no but it's a very smooth transition to miami versus fsu mike novell has COVID. he's not coaching this week he's been coaching via zoom um, the head coach at Florida State. Florida State stinks. They are a terrible program. They are dead. I mean, Mike Novell might bring them back, but for this year's purposes, that program shouldn't even walk out onto their fields. Like, they are terrible. Miami still stinks. Um, I'm not a big Miami believer, but I do like them here. One, because Mike Novell's out. That's big. Um, to Miami stinks. This game means something. Or not Miami. Florida State stinks. Miami's offensive line. I was line. about
1: to say you were just praising Miami. How does Miami stink? <laughs>
0: so here's my thing. Miami's offensive line. I'm not so – I love – I want to bet Miami – so. I want to be a Miami U guy so bad, and I want to believe in them. But I've been burned, Dante, so many times by you. Miami. I, I have lost so much money in my gambling <laughs> world on <laughs> Miami football over the last two years because I believed the U is back. And they have just hurt me over and over and over again. But this offensive line, I still don't think can pick up blitz packages. They're not great under pressure. King is awesome. He's legit. The defense looks pretty good. There's always going to be a blaze there. I can't believe there's still a blaze on this team. I love that there's a blaze playing quarterback. The blaze family should
1: just run Miami University at this point.
0: Um, I like Miami here, minus 11
1: and a half. You know what bothers me about King? And um, you'll remember this, Tim. Um is that he throws off that off foot sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. that offensive line... So this reminds me a lot of Connor Cook. That offensive line can't, like you just said, doesn't stand up a lot of times. If you get hit off oh. that off foot, that might be the end of your career. You, and he does it a lot.
0: All the time. Loves it. I, think it's, I don't know why else you do it except for you think it looks cool, maybe, because it, like, isn't good mechanically like no. at all.
1: And you're throwing <laughs> across your body. Yeah, so...
0: <laughs> like outside of it, like it looks sweet on a highlight tape. I don't know why you do
1: it. Um, yeah, but yeah, Cook would do that all the time, and then I, he got popped and was
0: <laughs> never the same.
1: Never the same. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, that offensive line doesn't stand up well to pressure. I don't, I don't think. Um, in Miami for or not Miami, Louisville for whatever reason just did not want to bring pressure and. If you don't do that and you give King
1: time, he will tear you apart. Yeah, he was making mm-hmm. unbelievable. Th- well, at the time they were they had a gunfight. They go going back and forth, but he was making crazy yeah. throws. And what what I like about King and you know whatever it is like he will stand in. He doesn't always run. He will stand in that pocket and go through his options. And he doesn't but, turn with the ball.
0: He's the yeah. only quarterback right now who hasn't had a turnover besides Trevor Lawrence in college football. I, I, I said it at the beginning, if that offensive line can held up even just a reasonable amount. I'm not saying be the best offensive line. I'm saying be a middle-of-the-road offensive line. I think he'd have a shot at New York for potentially the Heisman. But they are, they have yet to show me in two weeks of football that they are going to be a reasonable line. Louisville game does not count because most of the time Louisville had three defensive alignment and they dropped everybody else back in coverage, and it was absurd that they did that. <laughs> <laughs> also, Miami's killing the Jags, so there goes my minus three Jags bet. But the overs looking good.
2: <laughs> Just looked go, up.
0: Um, do you have any other
2: I actually plays do. Here? Um, it's a team that's returning like nobody. And Mississippi State <gasps> against yeah. LSU, they're no, getting boy. 16 and a half points against an LSU team that lost to everybody. I still
1: um, think Mississippi
2: State. Mississippi State has Mike Leach.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going to disagree with
0: you here, Tim. I mean, All
1: right.
0: Yeah, but like, LSU's got like the top 100 players in the country playing for them, Mike. They just, their recruiting <laughs> class is absurd. Ah, dude. I... You know
1: what I thought you were going to say, Tim? I thought you were going to say you were very excited for the Cincinnati Army game.
2: I, was- I, I am excited for that. I you am excited TV. for that actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's where I yeah. thought you were going.
0: You bring up a great point. <laughs> no. I haven't watched any Army football, but they—I mean, the fact that they're ranked they've been kicking the yeah. shit out of teams. I mean, I, you, you, UC was my pick to win their um, conference, and I thought they'd go undefeated and being like they'd be the team that's talked about as like, do they have an outside shot at the playoffs? Even though there's no way they'd ever get in, but like thirteen's a big number against a team army who just like runs the ball all the time and like kills clock that feels big to me
1: oh yeah mm-hmm. 13 and a half cincy
0: yeah like that's a big that's a big number for cincy to clear i don't know i don't know how i feel about that in only their second week of football and army's already played two games this is only their second game i don't know about that number that is one that i'll be tweeting out as well i have a couple games i gonna be tweeting out you got to follow the trophy kids twitter at trophy kids pod or yes. on instagram I do give out picks there. They've been pretty good. Been been having, pretty, pretty I've been pretty having pretty. myself, uh, two weeks here. If you want to say I'm right now, my record 26, 10 and one. That's a 72% win percentage fellas. Yeah, I went six we and
1: one to college last week. Hey, we are here for the college picks. You, you see it. <laughs> we are more right. We're often more right than wrong.
0: Goddamn right. We are. I put in the mm-hmm. work all week to get to this point. Um, I'll have some more that I'll tweet out. Tim, you got any others before we wrap this up? Nope. Perfect. Well, I will be tweeting out some more. Final thoughts before we uh, finish up this bad
1: boy? I don't know what Tim is talking about. That Louisiana-Mississippi game is going to be – a Mississippi State game is going to be mm. a bloodbath. Whatever. We'll see. We <laughs> shall, shall see.
0: shall see. All right. That'll do it for us here. As always, peace. Peace. Peace.
2: peace. <laughs>